What's going on, good people? Adrian Homeboy Holmes here to welcome you to the new season of Super Gamer Book Club. New season? Where's the old season, I hear you say? Well, you can find all the episodes of the old season from our original book club host, Zetch, on our Patreon. And you can also find the newest episodes of season two with host me, ding, (laughs) on Patreon as well. Me, Garrett, and a special guest every month choose a game and we go over it and talk about it in a shorter, more informal kind of setting. It's almost like we're just hanging out and telling what we liked about the game, what we didn't like about the game, so on and so forth. So we decided this is too cool to sit behind Patreon for all of it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some of the older episodes and put them out on this free podcast feed for you guys. And if you want to check out the new episodes of stuff that we're doing, you can go and subscribe to our Patreon for only a dollar and you get the brand new book club episodes when they come out. That's all I got for right now. I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you come to see what we have on Patreon. Take it easy and enjoy the show. What's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Super Gamer Book Club. And boy, is this one a doozy. I have been waiting for this one for a long time. So for this episode, we are going to cover the highly regarded, world-renowned, absolute classic. It's <laughs> it's inspired countless, countless other games to this day. And of course, I'm talking about none other than Super Mario World. 20 million seller, cultural landmark, all that jazz. Whatever praise you could throw on this game, it deserves all that and more. And, of course, I got Garrett here by my side, as always. But I I don't know in, in what stroke of luck that we were able to get him. But we have the one, the only, the Nintendo Cartridge Society here with us. Patrick, Mark, thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you, you for doing? having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Not a problem, fellas. I was thinking about this, and I'm like, man, who can we get? And of course, <laughs> you guys were like right first on the top of the list to come on down. I'm so glad that you were able to make it. Um, I, I don't usually wait for one, but I love an excuse to play this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. It's been a while, I think, since I've actually sat down and went start to finish on it. I definitely like picked it up and put it down or picked it up, played a little bit and said, oh, I'll come back to it later. And then just, oh, well, you know, it <laughs> happens. But man, what a run. It's, <laughs> um, it's a, I, 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 I feel the, the, the same way, except the it's been a while because I anytime I pick up uh, a copy of Super Mario World like to, to play it. Um, I'm astonished by the fact that there are three save files already on there and all three save files have like, uh, 80 plus exits cleared already. Um, <laughs> every time, every time where I'm like, I, I put in the, the super NES cartridge that I do have. Um, and that's, you know, all three save files. That one makes sense. I've had that for, you know, 20, whatever years. Um, but it's the same on the Wii U. It's the same on my 3ds. It's the same on my super NES classic edition. It's the same on my switch. Like it's just everywhere. Oh man. That's amazing. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> I, I I was you were we were talking in the in the uh Twitter group chat and you were mentioning that you had all 96 X's and I was like, my goodness. I did I, I, yes. <laughs> I had to give man. you, you know, I had to give you your props. I did Star Road and I felt like I was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I was hot stuff. 
And then you came in and said, actually, I found all 96, <laughs> sir. Well, and I was like, I'll promptly go back to my dungeon. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Honestly, for me, it's not it's not about finding them anymore. I just know where they are. Uh, the game is in <laughs> my bones and in my veins. Um, and so, like, wow. I pop into the Forest of Illusion, and I'm just like, yep, I know exactly where all these exits are. I know how to get through uh, this ghost house thing where you got to do, like, the lap around a second time and then... All that stuff, uh, I just like. I just know the game. Um, it, it's my comfort food. Now, of course, I mean, we always, everybody, every podcast ever always starts off with this at the top. So mm. I'm going to go, you know, roundtable, whoever wants to start. What is your history with Super Mario World? How did you get introduced to it? You know, was it at a friend's house? Were you there when it dropped? Anything like that. If anybody, feel free to go. So I'll, I'll jump in. So I was a Nintendo kid with the original NES, but I was too young to be making any of the buying decisions. And I was not <laughs> clued in as far as like Nintendo power or any of that. Like my family, like my parents, there's no way we are subscribing to that sort of stuff. So the Super Nintendo was not something I was anticipating. It was not something I even really knew about until I, we went, we were visiting for like my cousin's house for Thanksgiving and my mm -hmm. oldest cousin, he had a Super Nintendo, and he was playing Super Mario World. And it simultaneously, like, totally blew my mind, but also made me <laughs> a little upset because it was like, this is not the Mario that I was familiar with. Where's his Tanuki suit? Like, where's the raccoon suit? You know, what's uh, up with this, like, flying airship that Koopa is in? Um, it, it, and your cousin was like, all that is dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you see Mario like flying and it's like, wow, this is like, it was amazing. It was, uh, it blew my mind for sure. So when, when's the first time that you actually like played through the game, Mark? I don't even know that I know the exact date. Like, so we didn't end up getting a I Super want the Nintendo. exact date. I, I yeah, want you to give me the exact yeah. date. <laughs> the date, the time, what weather was it outside? <laughs> um, I'll have to get my farmer's almanac out. I uh, I can't. I remember I it was a humid night. <laughs> yeah. So I, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure because we didn't get a Super Nintendo probably for, you know, like until 94, 95. And mm -hmm. so that that's probably when I played it the first time after it had been out for a few years. Right on. Uh, I mean, I so I was like I said, I wasn't there for the initial jump, but for I'm, I'm 31 for all intents and purposes. So I was like, you know, me and the, the Super Nintendo share a birth year. Yeah. So I remember. Probably, I'd say a couple years after that, my my dad had this Super Nintendo, and the first thing I remember him playing was um, was uh, a Link to the Past, and then when he wasn't playing that, it was other stuff, and then Mario World was thrown in the mix. So, in a in a weird way, Mario World and the original Mario brothers kind of came into my life at like the same time. So it was not that difficult for me to go, Oh, this is Mario and this is Mario too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, well, that's, that's I didn't sort really of common, right? Like that, uh, especially on the, there was that cart that had both super Mario world and super Mario all stars bundled together. Right. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like that was a lot of oh, people's yeah. experience of like classic Mario games was like all of it all at once. Yeah. 
Um, so I probably didn't really sit down and actually do it until I was maybe not like, I, of course I didn't beat it, but I'd say my first real run was maybe like six or seven. And then of course, you know, after that you, you, you know, dad, this level's too hard. <laughs> and then, you know, you get the, I beat that dad. I beat that. You just played it, you know? <laughs> Um, and then of course, you know, after a while you get a little better, a little better time passes and you end up beating it. And, you know, you're, you're a member of the club. Now you did it. You, you, you got Bowser out of, uh, out of dinosaur land along with the 20 million other people that have bought the game over the years. (laughs) So, um, I think this game is a masterpiece. I, I think it's one of the probably, if not the best platform game, um, and I think the only thing that's ever come close, and I know it's a it's a crazy opinion, but I think the only thing that's ever come close is Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, as far as a platform game, in my opinion. Yeah, vigorous <laughs> nodding over here. Yeah, Tropical <laughs> Tropical Freeze is so good. Mister mm-hmm. Morley. Uh, so I my history with it. Um, I was born after. You know, the game and console came out. Uh, <laughs> I was born. When, when, when did it come out? Was it like 90? 90, 90, 90, 91, right? depending on. 90, 91. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so I, I wasn't born until 93, but it was something where my... A child. I was just a wee <laughs> little baby. Not even a, a twinkle in my parents' eye. Uh, <laughs> um, my dad was a gamer, though. So, like, he had an NES, a Super Nintendo, uh sega genesis all the consoles but mainly like we we always played the nintendos and yeah i don't know i was like two or three years old when well i was like first introduced i think like three years old i remember well my parents told me like yeah we set you down you had a control in your hand obviously i'm a three-year-old so i'm not doing much but i all growing up though like i just remember like from very early childhood to forever always having a control in my hand i grew up playing those games so it's like even though i wasn't there at the launch that was like really my some of my first introduction to gaming was messing around with Super Mario Brothers three, um, Super Mario World, like all all those. Um, ma- mainly the Super Nintendo, but I was a huge fan of Mario Paint, especially as a little kid. Oh, yes, fantastic man. game! Yes, we need to do man. a book club. We need to do a book club on that. I don't know how you, how, you how we can get a hold I'll of put those. It on the calendar. <laughs> I don't know how we can get a hold of a copy of that. It's probably extremely. We got to figure out a way but... to like to capture our like make like make a song or make an animation right? and just capture it and put it on the on the book club uh, oh, the video feed that'd be awesome fantastic <laughs> um but yeah so that was my experience but obviously i was i was a dumb kid who was bad at video games so uh i never beat it it was one of those things where like i'd play through maybe the first world if that and i'd be like okay whew, this is hard okay let's go play donkey kong country i like that and then same thing i play through like the first couple levels and be like oh this is hard all right i'm gonna just go <laughs> screw around in my chris Aaron and mario pain <laughs> um, or then you beat the first castle and then the war- the map opens up and you're like i'm sorry yeah like wait <laughs> oh, what I, I, I didn't just beat the game what okay right. weird uh but yeah, my first experience completing the game was actually this playthrough that I just did Whoa. last, last month here. So Congrats, man. I've played the game hundreds of times, you know, over my lifetime. It's something like uh, it's something that's just so familiar and comforting. And even though it's not like I, I wouldn't call it like a comfort food for me like you, you would, uh, 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 Patrick. But um, for me, it's definitely like 
uh, I mean, it's my mom's favorite game ever. Like we play it together. And so it's just always been there. So I always loved going back and playing it, playing it, but I've just never had the guts to actually play through the whole thing and, or the skill. Um, it wasn't really until the, I'm going to be honest here. I, I might be a little bit of a cheater. It was on Nintendo Switch that has the save states and the rewinds. Oh, that was my only way I could get through it. Even even this this last month, I'm like, that's the only way I could do it. <laughs> Without that, there's no way. <laughs> love love the save states. This uh, or in like the 30 second rewind. This last playthrough, oh, I abused that fantastic. like crazy. Oh, it's hard for me, especially on tubular. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because you look, you can spend three hours learning tubular and being like, okay, I need to pause for a second so I can get under this football here. Uh, or you can rewind 12 yeah. seconds once yeah. and uh, get it right. You know? when, when, when I play one of these games where you can like rewind and then switch to a game, you know, like a more modern game where you can't, it feels unfair. It just yeah, feels like every game should allow you to go back 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first experience. It felt really good. Uh, it was so cool, like to finally see the ending of this game I've been playing for you know decades. This <laughs> is like, oh, I finally saw the end. It's well, and the ending so. rips too. Like the uh, yeah, the 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 closing thing where like they're you know marching like back through the world and the the music is just incredible. Yeah. Um, I love a villain roll call. That's the best. It's so stupid, so but I love good. it. it it's it awesome. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Patrick, I guess that just leaves you. Okay, so um, uh, I I was born in 1982, so I was uh, nine years old when this game came out. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't quick to adopt the uh, Super NES because I was nine years old, and nine year olds don't mm -hmm. have any money. Um, at, it's it's at some point though, I, I started like piecing together allowances so I could. Uh, get the Super NES, and I was I we did subscribe to Nintendo Power Mark, so uh, we I, I did have my eye on all these awesome games that were coming out. Um, <laughs> but the the one game that I was like I will get a Super NES, uh, you know, by hell or high water to play is uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. I was like, absolutely, I will be playing this game. Um, and got the Super NES, uh, uh, played Zelda, played Super Metroid, uh, played uh, Final Fantasies 2 and 3 and Secret of Mana. Ooh, baby. Uh, you know, like just these, uh, some of the best games ever made. Um, yeah. And really <laughs> didn't come around to playing Super Mario World like on my own or like playing it seriously until college. Um, okay. Like I, I played, I'd mess around with it a little bit at my friend Pete's house. I messed around a little bit uh, at my friend uh, James's house. Um, they both had uh, copies of the game, and you know I would be there, Luigi, um, and I always liked it. But for whatever reason, it never like clicked for me as uh, like something that I needed to play. So you you never ha so you didn't get the one that had it with it, had the copy of the game with it. Uh -uh. You just had the the straight up control deck. Yeah, that's right. Um, right and, on. And, and and at some point. Uh, in the 90s, I, I did purchase a, a, a copy of the, the same cartridges that I carry with me to this day. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't remember what spurred me to do that. And I don't think I played it then. I, I, I think it was really um, uh, like when I got into college that I was like looking for, you know, some sort of like nostalgic escape um, and uh, played through it. I better buy this now because in 20 years, it may yeah. be worth $200 like every other Super <laughs> Nintendo yeah, that's game. Right. That's what it was. <laughs> um, and then just like throughout the course of my life, I have like two solid like 
memories of playing through the game uh, in like bizarre or strange, noteworthy circumstances. The the first being um, my senior year of college, I was playing it in like the lobby of the dorm. Like there was just like a, a, a lounge uh, and there was a TV set up in there and I was just playing it on there. Um, and this dude, Joe came by and he was like, oh, sweet. Let's, let's like, let's play through the game. Uh, and I was like, great. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we thought we were like getting all the exits. Uh, and we were very excited about how far we were going to get in one night. Um, and, uh, you know, we finished, we thought we finished it up. Uh, we, you know, reset the game so we can see that little 96, right. Um, next to the, the save file. And it said 95. Uh, oh. and, and, uh, Joe was like, Oh, we got to go back in. But it was like three o'clock in the morning at this point. And I just said, you're too close. I said, you got to do it. No, I said, no, we don't. And I erased the save file. <laughs> what? You're a oh, madman. No way. <laughs> and, then, and then the uh, the second time. And I, Joe never talked to you. Never talked to yeah, I would have cried. <laughs> I would have been like, why? <laughs> Uh, and then the the uh, the the other notable time that I played through the uh, played through Super Mario World, um, I was uh, in LAX. Uh, we uh, a flight that um, my girlfriend and I were booked on had been canceled, um, and we were gonna have to spend the night in the airport. Um, mm -hmm. And so she was like, "I'm gonna try to sleep," and I was like, "There's no way I'm sleeping in the terminal at LAX." Like. <laughs> Nope. absolutely not right um so i stayed up all night uh playing super mario world and it was uh you know i i would have hated the experience except for super mario world so i loved it i just happen to have my trusty super nintendo bag with me here at the airport <laughs> no it's on the 3ds oh okay this is recently okay. yes oh, okay, okay. well this uh maybe like five years five or six years ago. okay i just yeah. pictured you gotcha. like unplugging one of the tvs that has the arrivals and departures like just just hijacking a tv in the terminal <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah excuse sorry, me guys. Uh, uh airline attendant do any of these tvs have an rf <laughs> adapter on them <laughs> uh obviously of course like we just got done talking about that it's uh we all have quite the history with this game um, I just want to talk about, I know it's, it's been critically acclaimed. Uh, it's sold over 20 million copies. It's the leading uh, piece of software for that generation, not just the super Nintendo, but it outsold like, like every game that came out after it. Um, I already said that. I think this is a masterpiece of a game. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody feels differently. I, I'd love to hear why. Um, or if you guys, Want to take some time and uh you know do a little a little uh shilling a little praising i'm fine with that the floor is yours <laughs> uh, what do you think I, Masterpiece? I, I think i think super mario world is amazing it's not my go-to like comfort mario 2d platformer that's um that's still super mario brothers 3 but when i do play super mario world it's remarkable like how different the games are and you know like uh adrian like you're saying that mario for you can be you know all these different things and it is kind of remarkable that no matter how different it like the mechanics are from game to game like playing super mario brothers 3 it's all about speed the levels are built for like getting through them as quickly as possible then you go to super mario mm -hmm. world and it's a little more you know uh laid back isn't the right word but it 
invites exploration it, in a way that like Super Mario Brothers 3 didn't. And like you can just kind of like spend time in the world in a different way, but it's all it all just feels like Mario in like the most remarkable way that I feel like few franchises outside of few development companies outside of Nintendo are able to do that so often. Like Zelda is another instance where it's like the games are so different, but it all feels like that core of Zelda. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like a cube and you're looking at different sides of it, right? It's the same object, but every time you turn it, it looks just a little bit different than the other ones. Yeah. And even, and even though like, you know, a lot of this in my, in my opinion, a lot of the elements that got brought in Super Mario World, you know, the, uh, the cape, um, I don't know, just like a lot of the enemies, things like that don't necessarily make it forward into a lot of the other games. I yeah. still feel like Super Mario World is hugely fundamental to the um like progress of Mario as a as a game franchise. Well, and there there are aspects of Super Mario World that have not really been revisited, right? Like um you know, we we're starting to see uh like charging Chuck again in like recent games, but like that, mm -hmm. you know, football Koopa or whatever he is, um, you know, took like 20 years off. Uh, and I don't think it was until like 3D World that we would see them again. Right. Um, and, you know, there, there are still things that the Charging Chuck does in Super Mario World that we haven't seen other enemies uh, exhibit that behavior ever. Like the, the thing where they like spring out and there are three of them, um, mm -hmm. like that that's you never see you never see that character or another uh Mario enemy do that ever again. There's a virgin version of the charging chuck that um uh just like whistles and summons other enemies to him. Um it's just like mm -hmm. and like you know uh whatever enemies are around just like start to dive bomb you. Uh also not a characteristic that you see in, in other games. Sometimes they've got footballs, sometimes they're just charging at you, sometimes they're throwing baseballs. Like it's such a versatile <laughs> enemy and like we just don't see those qualities in the charging chuck ever again i always feel like i i chalk that up though uh mostly to miyamoto i think mm. and i feel like that's always because he's always like we can't do the same thing we did last time every i mean yeah and it works right you get like yeah. you get major hits and then you get star fox zeros where it's like you could have done the same thing again <laughs> you would have been fine with that you know um but i and i think I don't think that we started to see old enemies come back until people realize that Mario has been around for so long now. Yeah. And it may be it's time to start celebrating the legacy a little bit more, which is why we got stuff like Mario Odyssey, which is, you know, it's it's a weird mix. It's a hybrid of a game that celebrates Mario as a character, but at the same time is like a living museum yeah. of Mario himself and his world. And I always thought that was really cool. Um, I, I kind of like that those things never left Mario world because it gives you a reason to go back to it. Yeah. And, you know, even, even if stuff didn't work, you know, it's, it still invites the player to come back and go, well, at least try it. And you can see maybe what the philosophy was behind it. And maybe that specific thing didn't make it in, but maybe characteristics of that character got incorporated into something else in a game down the line. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it's, uh, it, it's cool because, um, you know, like Odyssey definitely is that like Mario museum, um, but so too is like uh, Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker Two, right? Um, mm -hmm. And even though they have 
the Super Mario World like tile sets in there, there are still things that you can do in Super Mario World that just aren't part of that. Like you can make it look like Super Mario World. You can have them, you know, throw the uh, what's the little uh, what are the Goombas called in uh, Mario World? Oh, um, they have a different name. Yeah, yeah, they do because they. Oh, it means man. like chestnut or something. I something like that. Hang on, let me uh, find it. You can still jump on them and like throw them up and stuff, but like they're just little mechanics that only really appear um, in Super Mario World, even when the tool set is trying to replicate the feeling of the game. Um, I was mentioning yeah. this to, to Mark on, um, on our show yesterday, um, but there's one ghost house where you encounter three boos that when you're not looking at them, they turn into solid blocks. That you can yes, jump on. Yes, I know that yeah. one. Isn't that, it's it's so <laughs> rad, and like that's not that's not a mechanic that comes back. So yeah, those, absolutely, those Goombas. They at the time they were called Goombas, but later mm. were renamed Galoombas. Galoomba. So in that <laughs> yes, in that game, course. if you looked it up in the, in the manual, it would say Goombas. But later on, they renamed them for whatever reason. <laughs> Maybe it's like that. Um, it's a Galapagos effect. You know, the ones in the yes, Mushroom Kingdom are the regular right. Goombas. Right, there we and go. And the ones in Dinosaur Land that's right, are by, Goombas, but we chose to call them something uh, a little different. Yeah, by yeah. being by being exposed to the little, like, purple dragon dinosaur-type enemies that I think have never come back, Goombas yes, evolved yes. differently than other Goombas. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that theory. <laughs> we're, we're on to something here. I, I, we got to... <laughs> We got to explore that later on. <laughs> I mean, I I like uh, Dinosaur Island as a uh, an analog for the Galapagos. I think that's I think that's perfect. There we go. You heard it here first. If Nailed you it. ever hear anybody talk about that, you, they heard it from here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Garrett, what, how'd you feel about the game, especially being the newest to uh, to complete it? Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, there's definitely just that nostalgia there. You know that. Uh, that that uh, just really good feeling you get going back to something you love. The, the music kicking in immediately, like oh yes, okay, I could listen to the soundtrack all day. Um, <laughs> the the gameplay being smooth, but as uh, I mean, and it's oh, this has always been the case, but even having completed it now, boy, the the difficulty there is. And again, I'm I've, I'm a self proclaimed bad gamer. I always talk about it on our podcast, like I'm I'm not great at games, but um, <clears throat> I think it's the really. The, the biggest thing I had an issue with, like I, I loved it overall, but it's like, man, like the, uh, uh, to, to go back through it like a second time, like, do what I, would I play through this again? Like that was, that was rough going through it once. Like, do I want to do this some, a second time? It's a masterpiece. Some levels but, ask a lot of you. Yeah. Some and, levels ask a lot. And, and like, you know, with Patrick saying like, he's basically has the thing like memorized at this point. It sounds like, like me with metal gear, like I could speed run that in like a couple hours, you know, cause I know all the, secret ways to get around quickest way and all this stuff and um it's yeah i couldn't imagine uh playing through this again so it's this weird thing in my head where like it's a masterpiece i think it's beautiful and amazing but also like all right i experienced it i i think i'm good like i not to say i will ever touch it again but it's gonna be one of those things like i play the first few levels like all right i feel good see ya like i'm i, I gotta I'm cool right. off for a little bit yeah. i gotta let my my <laughs> So yeah, it's just my weird. brain cool off. Yeah, so it's like this weird thing I'm like struggling with inside, or like I loved it and also like drove me crazy at the same time. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. <laughs> well, I, I I gotta ask, uh, how did you approach? Because the the game offers so many different paths through it, right? Yeah. Um, 
what was your approach uh, this time? Were you trying to take as many paths as possible? Were you just like, whatever path you end up on, you're going to continue on? Or how, how did you approach it, Garrett? Yeah, so I I kind of went at it and, and kind of hearing you guys talk about uh, you, Mark, mentioning like the, the exploration aspect, like they want you to kind of slow down and stuff. I didn't really do that a lot. And I had this mindset, which I've had with other Mario games, where it's just like, uh, sometimes like, cause I've picked up, I'm no Mario master or connoisseur or anything like that. But from what I've picked up from other games, it's like, Oh, sometimes if you just like run as fast as possible, you can get the timing right and like miss things and jump through and like skim through things. So that's how I tackled a lot of levels. If I was like having trouble, like going slow, I'd like, I'm just going to like hold down the sprint and go as fast as I can. See if I can jump, skip, get to the end. And like, that's how I did a lot of levels. Just like, boom, I beat it in like 60 seconds. Like, all right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just getting through this because it's driving me crazy. Uh, I didn't really explore a lot uh, unless I had to, like you go, you get to the forest of illusion or whatever. And it's just, Mm -hmm. or whatever it's called. It's just like, Oh, okay. I don't know where I'm going. I actually looked up a guide finally because I could not find it. I was like, I need to look up a map. I I can do a little look at these levels, see what the heck I need to do. Um, And, and that might, might've been what kind of, kind of, possibly tainted the experience a little bit for me like i think if i would have explored a little more and felt things out like in i don't know if you guys watched the documentary adrian shared a documentary with me it's fantastic by the gaming historian is that what it was um fantastic and and they even talked about it in there like the creators wanted you to slow down and explore and find things and find the secrets and you know those secrets sometimes give you power-ups or whatever it might be little bonus levels and secret areas and um i do feel like i kind of missed out a lot on that which those are things I didn't even know really existed until I watched a documentary and, you know, hearing you guys talk about, it, I'm like, Oh really? Like that, that's important <laughs> to do. Like, Oh, okay. That's not what I did at all. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what's, what's so funny about like the way this game rewards exploration is that, you know, it will occasionally be uh, that you're rewarded with a power up that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise, but more often than not, the reward for finding a, a secret exit is that it starts you on like a different branch path. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be a, a wholly like different way to get to the the last level, right? And sometimes it's just like a weird little offshoot where you end up skipping a couple levels. Um, I'm just I'm so uh, impressed with the like just the number of different paths you can carve through this game. Hmm. Yeah, and that's why even even at the end uh, after I beat it, I kind of looked up because I I knew I missed a lot of levels, like because yeah. yeah, there's those different branching paths and stuff. So I looked it up, and like even the final boss, the fact that there's like a front and back door to Bowser's castle, yes. like what the heck? Like I went through the front door, just like brute forced it, got through there. But I'm like, oh, if you go through the back door, it makes it so much easier. You know, it skips a whole part. I was right like, up I'm like, on him. <laughs> that's crazy. Like so bizarre. But it all, it, you know, the only way to get to that would have been just one little secret turn in that like three levels before and yep. would have been in there. It's like, oh, man, like it, it, and what's brilliant is the overworld, the way they don't really telegraph that. Like you can kind of like looking back now, I'm like, OK, I kind of see where like, something would pop up. But um, which which is it's kind of neat. Like they, they really do hold their cards close to their chest with like the secrets and stuff where. If you, if you don't know where it is or if you don't stumble upon it, you're not looking for it, then, man, you could go the whole game like I did, just like blitz through it and like, oh, shoot, there's so much I, awesome stuff I missed. But Yeah. The, no, right uh, on. I, yeah, I feel like the way that the game, this time when I was playing through it, the way I was really impressed with the way that they 
introduce new elements so like carefully and so seemingly like easily. So, you know, like you start the game, if you go to the right, the first level introduces Yoshi. And then if you continue following that path, you're like, if you still have Yoshi, you're like on Yoshi and there's a little uh, Koopa that flies by with a cape that's like blinking red. And you're like, wait a second, what is that? Like, I want to figure out what that is. And it then, looks different. Yeah, yeah. And then like you get to uh, what is the second world, like Donut Plains. And the first level, there's like a ghost house off to the right that like you don't immediately get to. And so then you start piecing together where it's like, oh, like, what's the difference between these red levels and these yellow levels? And like, I don't, I don't know. I just thought that uh, this time going red through level, it, like, yep, yellow level, red level, yellow level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, when I, I, I know for sure, I can't, again, this is another one that I can't remember when, but I know for sure my first playthrough, I did not understand all of these different mechanics. Like, maybe I accidentally stumbled onto no. exits. <laughs> Or something, but it wasn't until later that I like actually started putting it together. For the longest time, I didn't realize that different colored like Yoshi's and Yoshi babies like did different things. Like I did not really like there. There was a lot to this game that I did. Yeah, that I did not learning right now. (laughs) I'm I'm learning new things as we speak. Yeah, (laughs) but I yeah, I was just impressed with the way that they were like able to introduce these new mechanics. Yeah. Now you mentioned that the different colored levels meant to, to, does that is that true do they mean different things <laughs> is that something else yeah. i didn't know either okay so what is the difference between like the yellow because there's yeah there's yellow the, and red the yellow level means that it's just it's there's only one way to beat it so go straight to the end if it's a red level that means that there's a secret exit or possibly right. two well there you go yeah that's <laughs> i true had too. no idea <laughs> Depending i was fumb- on where you are i was fumbling around at times trying to figure out which one had the secret <laughs> entrance if i would have just looked at the color level but figured it out. But that's that's just one of the things that it's like, man, I can't believe that they, you know, were able to stuff all that into that game. But at the same time, when you when you take it back to, you know, 89, when they were developing it, honestly, it seems like to us that they stuffed a lot in there. But for them, it was probably like, man, look at all this stuff with Super Nintendo that we can do now, you know, that we can that all this extra room we have that we were so constrained on NES. So that, it's just it's it's amazing. That is to think one of about. that is one of the things that I really love about the Super Nintendo era, and uh, you feel it in games like this and in Leg- and you know Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, yep. and in a lot of RPGs where it was like after being so constrained with those with an eight bit console, it just feels like sixteen bits where people were able to like fulfill dreams that they never thought were possible. <laughs> like the games just kind of like explode in creativity. When yep. it's it, it like that's that's where you can really see the sort of like um cartoon origins of Mario. Like he starts to look like a cartoon character. Um and you can see it in like the Koopa kids. They all have way more personality than they did in Super Mario mm-hmm. Brothers three. Um, you know, including like different weird animations when they get hit or um you know the the ones that are like popping up out of the the pipes as you're fighting them. That sometimes it's like their little butt sticking up, and sometimes they're laughing at you or whatever. Um, <laughs> but like the there's there's an enemy in uh, in one of the water worlds. I forget which one. Um, where it's like they're dropping torpedoes um, out of these like little metal boxes, and the torpedoes don't just like pop out. They're lowered down by a little arm. Uh, and the arm is like wearing a you know Mickey Mouse white glove, 
Um, and it's just like, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like you've entered a Looney Tunes cartoon and like Bugs Bunny is fighting against you. Um, it's, it's just so fully realized, uh, an art form, uh, or like an art style that's only kind of implied in the 8-bit versions. Yeah. Uh, also I wanted to, uh, say also, uh, regarding the overworld, a quick shout out to whoever had the idea to, when you pass by certain sections of it, like things in the overworld happen. Like, yes. for example, when you go over a bridge that's over a lake, you know, a little uh, cheap cheap jumps up out of the water or, you know, just little things that happen because they didn't have to do that. But it makes the world feel way more believable or like alive. It gives it a lot of personality. Uh, and I think maybe that's the one of the big contributors for this game, too, is, you know, we we said the same thing that it's all Mario. But this one, I feel like has up until that point, I think this is where Mario found his, like his, his, and Patrick, you said that too, where he, it like, he found his identity, right? Like he yeah. became the character that we know now. Before mm -hmm. that, we only really got that in the illustrations on the boxes or anything like that because he was still a sprite. But I think this is really the game where it's like, okay, this is Mario. You know, yeah. you can take anybody who just played Odyssey, like any four-year-old kid, and you can sit them down in front of Super Mario World, and they would know that that was Mario versus the sprite in, you know, Mario Brothers 3 or anything earlier than that. So yeah. Yeah. that's definitely a, a big um, establishing factor for it there, too. And he, he gets a little, like, bit of personality in a way. I... Uh, I've also watched that gaming historian, you know, documentary on YouTube on Super Mario World and highly recommend it. It's really interesting. But it's you know, great. He he pointed out like little things that I had always just kind of taken for granted, but like the personality that they give Mario in this game. Like, you know, him flashing a peace sign when he finishes the mm -hmm. level and things like that. It's just a level of detail that we never saw before. Well, wait, hold on. Or is, it, they, is it a what? peace sign or is it V for victory? Well, I mean, Ooh, good question. What's he <laughs> I doing? Don't, I don't, yeah, I guess we'll have we. Uh, I guess we could really drill down into Mario's intentions. <laughs> All I know is that it almost didn't make it because Miyamoto hated it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's certain things like that, or when you beat the uh, when you beat the little Koopa castles, and I love yes. the one where uh, he does the TNT and it doesn't work, and then he goes over to the castle and it blows up, and he's yeah. got like the charred face. Yeah, and, he's uh, Wily just, Coyote in that moment. Like yeah. the, yeah. it's. Yeah. I love. I mean, Mario games always sort of have a sense of humor, just like in the the way the game will like sort of troll you a little bit. Um, but like Super Mario World, like turns that kind of humor into just like straight up gags in the game, right? Like there, there's a TNT one that you just mentioned. There's there's a time that he uses like window washing equipment to just like wipe the yeah. castle off the map. <laughs> Um, and then there's one where he like plants explosives and it, it shoots off into the distance and hits a, a hill that's far away. Yes. And then the hill gets a little the bandage, bandage on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. So good, man. Uh, it's just it's a funny what a, game. What a I don't know. Freaking game. Yeah. Um one one thing I I like to also shout out and I know we've had um We've had, uh, you know, different worlds in the past. I think this is the biggest variety that we that we've had so far. You know, we mentioned that a lot of the well, not a lot, but a good number of the ideas and the enemies didn't make it. But I feel like this is probably I, I think this is the biggest variety 
of any Mario game yeah. of enemies at one time. I think that they would cherry pick and add new ones, right? But as far as just like a base of enemies, because think about how long that that end credit roll goes yeah. with all the enemies in it. So I don't I don't know if I'm sounding crazy, but that's what it seems like to me. No, there def- um, there definitely is good enemy variety, but I mean, you you mentioned like environment variety, and like it's worth noting that like there is no water world in this game, right? There's no like section mm-hmm. of the map that you go to that like this is all the water stuff. There's no desert in this game, um, like it's like skewing away from a lot of the sort of like Mario standards. Um, you know, haunted forest, we don't really see that again. Uh, a chocolate area whatever that that like end part is before you go into like bowser's uh cave area um Mm -hmm. you know we never see that again either like it's just uh a a lot of and like the you know two bridges across like a a, a river like that's also another kind of thing that we just don't cheese bridge cheese bridge (laughs) uh cheese bridge is my favorite level in the game and not because i um not because like there's anything particularly remarkable in it because it but because it had my has my favorite secret exit where you know you have to like fly slash float under the original exit and then pull up right at the correct moment so you can land on like the second secret exit that's after it i just remember as you know when i finally mastered it first when i finally realized that that's where the exit was and second when i finally mastered it i felt so accomplished that's like my favorite memory of playing this game is finally finally nailing exactly exactly yeah finally nailing that secret exit uh i always i always do it with a yoshi with ditching like uh getting the yoshi all the way to the end of the level which isn't easy because there are those like ropes that you're supposed to be hanging from and you can just Mm -hmm. do like the sort of like yoshi hop on top of those saws that are like buzzing around um so tougher than me (laughs) <laughs> uh i'm also in there with a cape too so i'm falling as slow as possible oh, okay um, okay but uh yeah getting to the end of the level and uh like starting to um just like jump under the exit and then ditch yoshi um because you can usually get there that way right on thing um i think probably the 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 last thing that i wanted to go over was uh i mentioned too earlier that you know it's it's a very highly regarded and renowned game. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, the game's impact, uh, not necessarily just for Nintendo. Uh, I'm sure they appreciated that it was, you know, well-received and, and, you know, made them a lot of money, but I uh, think that this game really still has its DNA in games that are coming out to this day. It, it, It may not be, you know, front and center um but there are definitely elements that people are still incorporating in their games that that you can trace the roots back to not necessarily you know super mario world itself but mario in general and i think when mario world perfected it that's when everything kind of just shot off um i don't know if you guys know any like examples off the top of your head but i definitely i can tell you know when somebody is doing something and it's like oh i know where you got that from i i I know where you got that idea i feel like that's just i feel like that's especially true now with the kind of like uh explosion in the last 10 or so years of indie games how there's such mm -hmm. a like great appreciation for 
traditional or like older 2D side scrolling platformers uh, that kind of, you know, borrowed this 16 bit aesthetic. You know, I, I feel like for a long time before indie games became big, like a lot of the foundational stuff has just, you know, like in the transition to 3D wasn't appreciated as much anymore. But I feel like indie games has brought a lot of that back. And I feel like, you know, like the impact of Super Mario World is especially felt in a lot of like the indie platformers that we see today. Yeah. And like, you know, for specific examples in that realm, um, you know, the the world map in Shovel Knight, for example, is like straight out of Super Mario World. Um, yeah, maybe straight out of Super Mario Brothers three. It's 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 a little bit more linear. So maybe maybe I'm wrong there. Um, but- I'd say the level of detail. I think maybe mm-hmm. pushes it into into world category over over Mario Brothers three. Well, and just generally speaking, the uh, the insistence on the level of detail in the in the world, both the world map and in the levels themselves, to like mm-hmm. assert a specific space, so it feels like a real place that you're in. I feel like that kind of immersion is what video games are always going for, um, and Super Mario World was just achieving it you know, back in 1991. Anything for you, Garrett? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I, I feel like this game, there's, there's like the whole game really. Like, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to pick <laughs> one thing. Like there, there, there's so much from this game that you can like look at and be like, Oh yeah. Like I can see little bits and pieces of that DNA and, and, and this, that, or the other thing like this, this game, just with, with every aspect of it from the, um yeah like what we talked about with the overworld and stuff like that to level design and um i and honestly like i think the biggest thing is for future mario games just continuing to grow that just just the the mario persona too like uh patrick i mean already talked about it but i think that's the biggest thing that stood out to me is is yeah like this was just the beginning of him becoming the mario we know today like kind of getting that humor in there getting that more personality when you add added those 16 bits now they can start making mario an actual character that you can fall in love with and like nowadays like you know we we all know and love mario and for all his crazy hijinks that him and luigi get into and stuff and you know that that was only possible with, with this game so i don't know it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing but um definitely uh uh for me i think this the the legacy that it kind of started really even though mario existed beforehand this really kicked off i think what we know and love today so yeah i i can't Absolutely. prove this i have i have zero proof but Ooh, I, I love this already but but I, <laughs> I you know we were talking about the cheeky humor in uh super mario world like the personality of it of it and i think you can draw a direct line from that to a new super mario brothers the koopas dancing uh to the music in t- uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a direct correlation. I think somebody was inspired by the stuff in Super Mario World and was like, we can get away with this. The new Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. This is fine. Yeah. yeah. That well, the the baby Yoshi singing when you pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, Patrick? I was going to say just even more holistically, uh, maybe this is the game that convinced uh, everyone that Mario could be funny and therefore why Super Mario RPG, why Paper Mario, why mm. Mario and Luigi, why they are all funny games that like yeah. the writing in all of those games is good because they prioritize being funny. 
It, it yeah like maybe the earlier games it was such a focus on gameplay and then with this was kind of the evolution of like oh no this is actually a fun character to even like yeah those games you mentioned or i don't know the first thing that pops in my head is like oh we would have gotten the goofy humor in luigi's mansion granted it's not mario but yeah. it's still like that yeah. evolution like all of these right. games that man are fantastic and the, such a great sense of humor uh, it, yeah 100 percent started in super mario world so yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna let you know Luigi erasure happen. He was there. <laughs> he, you know? Hand, hand. I, I need, but, I need to ask this question real quick. This, this is, I don't know if this is related or oh, not. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I know exactly I, what I, you're gonna ask. <laughs> I need, I need an answer from you too, from the Nintendo Cartridge Society. The official word on all things Nintendo. Uh, the final word, as some people say, um, is it's a very heated debate in our Discord. <laughs> By the way, it is Luigi Mario's sidekick? Wow! Like, would you would you consider to be a sidekick or something else entirely? Okay, without dwelling on or this too not, much. Not wait. Is it his sidekick? <laughs> not necessarily his equal, though, right? <laughs> but does Luigi because he's he's not an equal <laughs> because they're they're no, wait they're different, right? Right, they're different brothers. <laughs> yeah, they okay, behave granted, differently, yes. but they both have the same power set. Sometimes, most times, if it's just, if it's a side scroller, they have the same set of abilities. Right. So, how could you be a sidekick if you're as effective as the other person? You couldn't be. Yeah, I my my gut answer, without dwelling on this too much, is uh, no. He's he's not a sidekick. He's a like alternate hero. That 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 would be that'd be my call. I mean, I think we need to go to the title of one of the uh, Mario and Luigi games, "Partners in Time," uh, and acknowledge that he is not a sidekick; he is his partner. All right. See, this is the case right here. <laughs> yeah, closing it. <laughs> case. Or closed. maybe he is there a sidekick. Go. I don't know. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, he has been called Green Mario. I'll give you that one. Teach the controversy. <laughs> oh man, I am so thankful for you know that extra bit of superpower that was able to to give us this um this absolute classic, and I'm even more grateful that you three were here with me to talk about it today. Um, anybody got any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, I, I did want to talk about uh, one area where I think the game is a little is is less than perfect. Um, sure thing. And that's uh, in terms of uh, boss design. Um, mm. I don't re I like the Koopa kids. I think they're fun characters. Uh, I don't think any of the boss fights are particularly compelling. Uh, and I, I hate fighting the, the Resnors. <laughs> hate them. I don't like oh, them. I don't think it's fun. <laughs> I do wish they could have did a little more variety because it's always a three and out, you know? Yeah. Hit them three times, go on to the next thing. Yeah. I would have loved to see a boss where you have to, like, where it scrolls and you have to do platforming to beat it, you know? Yeah. Or what if you had to race one? That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, this is something that, like, uh, the, the new Super Mario Brothers games do pretty well, especially by the end is, like, like you say, Adrian, uh, like setting up a platforming challenge as you're fighting like a giant Bowser, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you know, in this one, you're you're just like you're throwing the little wind up guys like up in the air. You're using a lot of the same tool sets that you used before, but like it's, 
I don't know. That's that's maybe the best boss fight in the game. So it, it's good that they save it for last. But like you know, the the rest of the the Koopa kids, I feel like are a, a little bit underwhelming to fight. I I agree. Yeah, I, I think they definitely could have done better. But also, I mean, were we doing that level of of boss fights at that point? I mean, like. I mean, Mega Man has like... been doing it since like '87, man. <laughs> fair, fair point. Fair but, point. Fair point. But yeah, not not really in Mario games. It was pretty much. I mean, even like Super uh, Super Mario Brothers three, the like boom boom. You know, it, it's basically right. the same thing throughout. The Bowser fight is a little different. So I I do I you know, but I do think the Koopa kids in Super Mario Brothers three have a lot more personality. That is one area where I feel like like they become more generic in super mario world versus Whoa, how really? they are in super i oh. i think so yeah hmm. Hmm. is is it I, you don't I like can't... roy as much in the in <laughs> super mario world <laughs> is it just roy <laughs> i I feel, I feel like it's in their like yeah in their visual presentation because yeah like the uh the koopa kid battles in mario 3 it's all kind of the same thing jump on them three times, avoid whatever attacks they're doing. But I feel like their visual represent presentation is more interesting in three hmm. than world. But hmm. I don't want to I mean, end I this on. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, w- I was going to say, I, I I would agree with you if mode seven didn't exist and we didn't get to see that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that makes up for all of it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I cut you off. No, I was just going to say that uh, I, I just wanted to tip my hat. I know we mentioned it um, earlier, but just like the music in this game is so good. Oh, uh, so truly good. like all time. And again, kind of like expands the soundscape for what Mario music can be. And that I think mm-hmm. has a big effect on the series going forward. It It wasn't as flashy, but I feel like Mario World definitely took advantage of pretty much everything super nintendo had to offer at some level um you know the the color palette was expanded Mm -hmm. you have more sound channels to play with which they did they had different graphics modes and i feel like at some level this is like a showcase game for what super nintendo could do in you know starting out with a mario game at least yeah, dude, so, the freaking cave soundtrack with like oh, yeah, the reverb and stuff like that. Where yeah, it echoes, that. Yeah. awesome. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. So good. <laughs> I, I also love uh, the games. Uh, it's it's not just like, you know, what is like sonically possible, but like conceptually how it approaches music is different um, because there's this one melody that is sort of like winds its way through all of the different level tracks, right? Um, mm-hmm. That you'll, you'll hear it on like a, a regular, um, you know, like athletic theme, the underground theme, uh, everything you hear, like the same melody, like playing through it. So there's this like sonic cohesion to the whole thing. Mm. Uh, and then I absolutely love that when you hop on Yoshi, it's the same music track, but there's now a little like timbali, like some spice to it. Yeah. Some seasoning. No, I dig it, man. I dig it. Um, I think that's, I feel like we, we can go on, but I'm going to go ahead and cut us here. Cause I, I, man, I could just talk about this game and talk and talk. Um, fellas, thank each and every one of you for coming to hang out with me, Patrick, Mark. I can't thank you enough. I, you did exactly what I was expecting for you to do. You came in, yeah, you, you wrecked shop, mm-hmm. 
and you're just dropping the mic and leaving. I appreciate yeah. you both, fellas, for coming and hanging out with us. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was an this was an absolute blast. Yes. I, I, again, I'm always looking for an excuse to replay Super Mario World, uh, but th- this time I also got to have a great conversation about it. So th- thank thank you for having is. us. So, so we want to do this no again problem. like three months. That sound good. Two <laughs> four months. Yeah. Oh, two. Okay. All right. Just every I mean, other I month was... of Super Mario World. Just keep going back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I was going to see it uh, probably after, you know, thinking about keeping you guys on retainer because we did want to do the Holy Trinity at some point. Right. So, you know, there's this, there's um, a link to the past and there's Super Metroid. So at some point, I want to get all three of those in the show rotations in, you know, in the episode list. So, you know. Um, yeah, well, you you know, I'm good for it. Also, when you uh, when you talk about uh, Mario Paint. Um, I want in on that too. I, I played the you wheels off it. my Mario Paint. Oh my you, god! <laughs> you dust your mouse off. <laughs> oh man! All right, folks, that'll do it for us this this week um, or this month, actually. Sorry. Uh, keep an eye on our streams and an ear to our podcast, where we will tell you next month's game. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon, on Twitch with uh, Jeff Bezos' money. Keep giving us all of that. And we will see you next month. Take care. We're out. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As a reminder, if you want to catch any of the new episodes the first Friday that they come out of every month, you can find them only on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash supergamerboys. And don't forget to check out our main episodes, too. Those are uh, pretty cool, if I say so myself. All right, we're out of here. Peace.